let anyone steal that moment from you. Let no one steal that moment from you, please. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, oh God. We worship you. We worship you. Give me the last four minutes of that song. Amen. Let it play. Let it play. Let it play. Let it play. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. 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 Those who are tuning in through Facebook and YouTube, begin to worship in your house. Begin to declare. Begin to declare. Declare the word of God over your house, over your apartment, wherever you are, wherever you might find yourself. Declare the word of God. Declare the true word of God. The living word of God. Santo tu eres, santo tu eres, te alabamos, te glorificamos, te saltamos, santo tu eres, bueno tu eres, Señor, santo tu eres, santo tu eres, bueno tu eres, maravilloso tu eres. These are moments, they're spontaneous, but these are moments that are needed because we are so distracted with life. And the ways of life and all of the things that overtake us, that overwhelm us, that burn us, that we lose focus and we forget about what God called us to do, what God created us to be. And we're just living life for the moment and not knowing that time is expiring and God is waiting for you to respond to his calling. I don't care how dirty your sin is. I don't know what you've been through, but I know a God of a healing. I know a God of restoration. I know a God that delivers. I know of a God that took a young man like myself and made him whole. In other words, made me complete. I was a mess. I was an accident. I was another statistic. But when God came into my life, all things became new. All things became new. Worship God, church. Stop beating yourself up for the past failures. Begin something new. They say that the greatest opportunity in life is the moments of crisis because crisis produce opportunities. These are, this is a great opportunity for you to make God the center of your life. Bueno tú eres, Señor, te alabamos, te glorificamos. I don't know about you, but I just want to worship. I just want to worship. I just want to thank you, Lord. Let us lift up the music and let us worship. Let us worship. Let us worship. Let us worship. Our words in the spirit of the Lord and begin to worship. Begin to worship. Begin to worship. Give God thanks for what he's doing, for what he's about to do. Have a heart of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude as well. God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. Santo Pérez. Te alabamos. Te glorificamos, Señor. We are healed. We are delivered. We are made whole. We are made in your image and your likeness. And every word that you have spoken over our lives will cancel what the enemy has said. We are not slaves of the devil. We are men and women. Destined. Destined. I don't know how people could begin this, the, a new year with the same attitude as last year. Oh, it's just another day. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That selfish attitude will one day be checked. And I hope that it doesn't happen on your death date. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let us get into the word. Amen. Let us go to 1 Samuel 
chapter 3, verse 10 through 18. We're going to do a little reading this morning, amen. I really want to, uh, First of Samuel, chapter 3, verse 10 through 18, amen. We want to eliminate all distraction, amen, in the sanctuary. So let us be respectful and mindful of those who are around you. Maybe you don't care for the word of God. Maybe you don't care about what I have to say or what God placed in my heart. You just hear because they brought you here. But let me tell you something, whether you hear my voice or not, God will use another voice to get your attention. Amen. So thank God for his righteousness and his mercy and his grace that keeps you in your midst of your own ignorance. First of Samuel chapter 3 verse 10 through 18, let us read. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He answered, here I am. And said, what is the word that the Lord spoke? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things has said to you. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Mm. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask you for the revelation, the wisdom, the understanding. But most overall, Lord, that your will be fulfilled in us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church of God says, you may be seated in the the presence of the Lord. I'm going to be straight to the point and direct of what God's going to do in 2012. My calling as a pastor is to 21. Sorry. Amen. 2021. I was thinking about something else earlier today that occurred in 2012. Amen. But in 2021, God has given me a word for his people. It is my responsibility to release the word. It's your responsibility to receive it. I'm not here to try to accommodate you, to make you feel good. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to give you the word of God. And I hope it doesn't fall in deaf ears. Amen. This is what God's going to do in 2021. He's going to vindicate his name. Write that down. In other words, he's going to make it known. He's going to make it clear. For the last couple of years, the churches around the world, especially here in America, have lost sight of the fear of the Lord. They have done whatever they feel they think is worthy. Whatever pleases or tickles the ears. And they have built sanctuaries. And those sanctuaries have turned into stadiums. Not all, but the majority. Where the pastor has become God. Where the pastor is more fear than God. Where whatever the pastor says goes, even though he might be wrong according to scripture. And the prophets of the Lord have hidden themselves and have not done what God has called them to do, fear of what people might think or might say. But this year, God is cleaning house. Are you hearing me? Don't be surprised when you hear of ministries, pastors, who are going to be exposed 
for their corruption, for their abuse of power, sexual molestation, infidelity, affairs. You're going to see it. And it's going to be all over the headlines, just like it was two years ago in the circular world. Many celebrities were exposed. Many political uh, politicians were thrown in jail. It was like a clean out, like a, like, like a purification taking place. It, 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 it didn't feel good. It seemed like we were losing sight. But in all reality, it was for the own good of the people. God is doing this for his namesake. Now keep this in mind. God is a merciful God. He is a just God. But he's also a consuming fire God. And a consuming fire destroys. Okay? Now many of us take that lightly. We take the blessings of God for granted. We take life for granted. And I and I can lay a list of many things that are iniquities or things that we have picked up as habits thinking it's okay to God when in reality it's not. Falling asleep when we're praying. Spending more time on other things rather than spending time with God. But then daring ourselves to proclaim God's name in our house when our house is divided by the things that we choose to do. And God has had it. You're not here because it was a coincidence. You're here on a divine appointment by God because of his mercy and grace. And if God has kept you through all of 2020, then God is faithful to keep you in all of 2021. But let's make one thing clear. God is not to be mocked. And many of us do that on an everyday scale. We take for granted the things that God has provided us. You know that the things that you complain about in a third world country, you're considered rich. But the selfish attitude that we have in America is we want more. We need it. We got a hundred shoes and two feet. And we complain about that we don't have shoes. We have clothes to wear. We have food to eat. We have clean water to drink. And we give God the scraps of our worship. How, pastor, through our attitude. But I come to church every Sunday and I sing. That's a participation, of fellowship that God ordained. But the true worship is your relationship with God. That's your true worship. Your relationship with God when you're in your room by yourself, when you're on Facebook looking at things that you're not... All of that, God sees. The preacher might not see it. Your husband might not see it. Your wife might not see it. Your children might not see it. The co-workers might not see it. But God sees it. And we have to return back to a state of mind that we respect God for who he is. Let us not forget who God is. Let us walk in fear. Fear meaning in reverence that everything that you have and everything that you are is because of God. Not because of you. Can we get that? Can we get that straight? So the last couple of years we have heard this heresy philosophy of your best life now. God wants to bless you. God bless this hot mess where we have compromised the word of God for our personal convenience. The children of Eli did that. And Eli, as a poor father, did absolutely nothing to remove his sons from office and discipline them. Why? Because sometimes it's convenient for you to keep people in their roles so that they can feel your agenda in the name of God. But God doesn't work that way. The day you forget about who gave you everything you got, 
that's the day you start losing everything you got. And this attitude that we have has been birthed in our children. Look at the way our children act. Look at the way our children behave. Look at the way our children respond. But God is saying, for the sake of those who love me, and for, the, and for my sake, I'm going to vindicate my name. So what's going to happen in 2021 concerning the church? The first thing that's going to take place is that many churches are going to close for good. Many. Majority. Why? God doesn't need churches that entertain the flesh. God needs churches that will set the flesh free. That's why we come here. So that we don't have to take medication. So that we don't have to indulge in drugs. We come here so that God can set us free. But how can God set us free if we don't desire Him? If we don't want Him? If we don't seek Him in spirit and truth? If if we only want to know Him for His one side and not His other side? As a parent, you feel it. And from time to time, you have that talk to yourself and you say to yourself, I need to do something with my children because they think that everything that they have is because of them. How how, how many of you have had that heart-to-heart talk with yourself and said, wait a minute, I, I need a clean house. I cannot allow this behavior to continue. Hello? Now, some of you will get it eventually when your kids forget to uh, throw out the trash, clean the dishes. Uh, if you have ice cube trays, they forget to fill them up. Amen. I'm, I'm old school. I, I still got mine. I got three. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Amen. At least they don't jam. I know some of you had an ice machine, but it jams. Mine doesn't. I just pull the tray out and just pop them out. That's it. Simple. Refill them. Pull it back. But it gets annoying when people live in your house and benefit off you, or better said, leech off of you, and then they want to tell you how things should be run. That's the way God feels about his church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They won't address the real issues. They'll bypass the issues. Like everything is okay. It's not okay. 2021 is going to be the worst economical year. And I've been teaching and preaching to you guys about getting your finances straight. Now you might say, Pastor, I'm doing everything I can, but I'm speaking to the audience as well because many are hearers, but few are doers. Are you ready for what's coming, church? Are you ready, world, for what's coming? Uh, I believe that people had this fake imagination of thinking that just because the clock was going to turn, that everything that happened in 2020, it's over, and we begin a new chapter. No, what actually, what's going to happen in 2021 is the aftermath of 2020. Are you hearing me? Now, I know that we're Americans, and we are close to ourselves. That's why we want to put up walls, because we want to keep ourselves in our own world. But let me tell you something. There's another side of the world that it's not playing. They want to conquer the Western world. And they will. And China is creeping on a come up. And if you never, if you enjoy your freedom and democracy for many years, it's at stake with socialism. Now, God is faithful. He's going to keep his people. But we're going to feel the pressure like never before. Now, I thank God here because we don't censor things here. We speak them like they are. And there came a time in Israel 
where the children of Eli were doing whatever they wanted. They were given a position by the father because you know how, how we are sometimes. We, will, we think that titles are going to change people's behaviors, but in reality, that's not the case. That's why I thank God that I was brought up in the projects, that I know what it is to stand in a corner and wait for a bus, how to use my two legs to get to point B. Uh, I know what it is to knock in someone's door and ask them for a grocery list because we don't have any food. I, I know, I know how it feels to sit in a fine restaurant, but I never forget the days or the moments in my life when I didn't have anything. But the generation, the millenniums, and I know that sometimes you look at me and say, Pastor, you're always hard on the millenniums. Let me tell you something. One of the things that I hate about the millenniums is this entitlement attitude. What have you earned if you have not labored? Now, I know it sounds rough, but in all reality, if you're able to understand what I'm trying to say, you will appreciate what you have. Are you hearing me? You will appreciate it more. And the more you appreciate, the more God gives you. Amen? God will not tolerate it anymore. Why? Because God is a jealous God. According to Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 24 and, and, and chapter 9 verse 3 speaks specifically about God's character. It says that God is a jealous God and he will not share his glory with no one. Especially worthless idols. Idols are things that you value more than God, like your phone. The first thing you do in the morning is check your phone. Did you check in with Jesus? Someone was surprised. They said, Pastor, I texted you last night and you didn't respond to 10 o'clock in the morning. I said, I turn on my, my, my phone at 8 o'clock in the morning. But Pastor, you've been up since 3 o'clock. That's the least of my concerns. Did you check your emails? No. I probably deleted them. I make God a priority. That's why many people today can't understand why we're so blessed. You know why we bless? Because we put him first. God says, if you serve me, that's a promise. I will bless you. Now, the way God blesses is not the way we bless. You, you see, when, when I'm going to buy you a gift... The first section that I'm going to hit up in the store is the clearance section. Now I'll keep the same tag of the same price of its original on it when I give you the gift. But I'll take away the red sticker off of it. It's the same item. It's just a different season. But you got it. Amen. God don't bless like that. He don't bless like we bless. He blesses more than what we expect. I look at where God brought me from. And I say, who am I to deny who you are? Who am I to ever think that I can say that my two legs and my effort got me to where I am today? That's the attitude that many Christians have today in the church. I come to church, God knows, he understands. I, I, I'll do it when, when I'm ready, when I'm able. Let me tell you something. You might not be ready or able like you say you are, but hell is ready to receive you. Are you hearing me, church? Idolatry or idols provoke God's righteous anger which is justified with his holiness because his holiness will not be disrespected. When you come to the house of God or you're in relationship with God, you have reverence. You, you don't let your kids or your family members do whatever they want. You make sure that they understand that the house of God is a house of prayer. Later on in life, you're going to thank me for this message because you're not going to spend any money 
on lawyers. You'll spend it on tuitions. Because what I'm giving you right now is core values of life. I remember when uh, we were summoned by my daughter's teacher a few years back. And she said, oh, I'm bringing you here to let you know that your daughter is an example. She's a true uh, uh, student. She, she's very respectful and mindful. And she noticed that me and Pastor Millie did not grant or, or, or celebrate it. Uh, and it, it was kind of awkward for her. And she said, uh, are you guys okay? And, and I said to her, she's supposed to be doing that. Hello? Now, if she ain't behaving, you call me. But make sure you call the cops right after you do that. Because we're going to make a scene in this place. Now you can't say nothing to los bebés, the nenes. And then you wonder why their attitude towards society and towards God, it's one of anarchy. All of that has to come to an end. Because one of the things that God promised before the rapture, revival was going to come. And revival is an indication that all things that God created are going to go back to the way he established it. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Uh, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for revival. 2021, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. All things are going to go back to the way God established them. Now, I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. Maybe he's going to knock you off your high horse. Because sometimes you got to lose something in order to gain something. And some of you all have been really high. In this artificial grace. Like the grace is a license to sin. No, sin is sin. Sin is sin. Period. This attitude, well, God understands. Well, if God understands, then why did he smoke the two sons of Eli and remove Eli from his position? Um, that's the same God that we speak about today. Is that his mercy and his grace gives us time. To get it together. But it's not buying us time. We sooner or later. Either we submit. Or we deal with the consequences. Now however those consequences might come. Depends. On the choices that you make. You see I learned. At a very early age. Not to do things that will get me in trouble. Every time my mom called out my, I knew something was up. And I used to send people before me to find out why she calling me. So I could get some time to get away. But God is not like my mom. God will get you where you least expect it. You see, you could go to work tomorrow with this attitude. I could care less what the pastor has to say. And tomorrow will be your last day. And then you'll call me and praise God that I don't turn on my phone until 8.30. And by then I don't have any signal because I have the low plan. I don't have the high plan. I don't. So I, I, I might get your call later on during the day. But why wait until then when you could fix things now? Now. God, in 2021, is asking all of us to get right with him. Now, right doesn't mean that you're going to put a yoke of rules and regulations upon your shoulders. What it means is that you're going to do everything you possibly human can to walk under his authority. How do you walk under God's authority? Allow the Holy Spirit to demonstrate you it to you every day. God... This is a new day that you have given me. I have a few plans. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do a few things. In the midst of all of this, show me your ways. And all of a sudden, he might remind you of someone that hurt you. Or put someone in your path that's going through something. 
and he wants to see how you're going to respond to that. Are you hearing me? I was touched by something that my wife did the other day, and I know she doesn't like me to share stories about her. She always says, one day I'm going to preach. Woo-wee! I told her, just let me know so I could call out sick. That way I won't be here. And we were in uh, New York City, and we were walking by, and some way, somehow, I, I was leading the family supposedly in the right direction. And I was nine minutes away from the location that we were supposed to. Uh, I was nine minutes first. And then I took the wrong turn and it delayed it by 45 minutes. Okay. And we were walking. And I had on these nice boots that somebody gifted me. So, I, you know, I was feeling myself. You know, when you're feeling yourself, when you get something new, like you're feeling yourself, like you, you wish that everybody felt like you, but they don't. You know what I'm saying? You know, when you get something new, you know, uh, y'all don't, y'all too holy for me. You see, I can't talk to y'all. I know many of y'all were waiting for Christmas day. Like, what's she going to get me? What are you going to get me? Oh yeah, I can't wait. You know, like you get excited when you see the Amazon truck, even though they ain't dropping nothing off for you, but you just get excited just to see them drive by your street. Amen. Anyhow, going back to what I was saying. And, and so we, so we walked 45 minutes. And we finally made our way to the location that we needed to go. And in the midst of that, I I saw this homeless man in the middle of Times Square setting up a little tent. And I walked by and I said, wow, it's cold today. It's, It's really cold out here, man. And he was just setting up his little tent in one of these stores that had clothes right in front of the store. He set it up. He had all his belongings. Everything was there. My wife turned around and said, I got to give him something, just wait here. And she turned around, and she gave him an offering, and you should have seen his face. And, the, and, and he had a cup of coffee in his hand, and she goes, so you could get yourself another cup of coffee and stay warm. And I thought about what she did, but then I thought about if I was him. I don't know what decisions he made in life, that got him to where he's he he is currently. But look how God has provided for us where he has given us a house, an apartment, and a bed, and we don't even. And he was folding his sheets in the middle of the street. And we have a house and an apartment. And we don't even value to even do our bed or take care of the things that God has given us. But we want God to give us more. Why? So we could become some spiritual hoarders? You have a word that you can give others. And you rather use all your social media platforms that God has given you, all the elements, all the keys, to put up nonsense. And stupidity. And you think that God's not going to judge you on that? I mean, one of the things that I try to do as much as possible is not to get myself into accounts. Now, many of you are thinking, oh, those those debts account. No, I'm talking about accounts in general. Because for every account, you have to give an account. And sometimes when you think for one split second that someone has forgotten... It'll come to resurface. So God is giving you time right now to get right. Why? Because he loves you. Because he cares about you. And your salvation cost him his life. Are you hearing me? Many today can relate to this message because everything that you have accomplished and everything that you have succeeded in, your kids benefit from it. And I know that when you're in the kitchen table like I do, uh, I hope some of y'all ever get a chance after COVID, come over our house and sit down and eat. I'm going to supervise everything you're eating. And I'm going to give you a lecture. You know that I had to get up early in the morning to go get that bread and you got the nerves. 
You know, it's like our like when we were kids, our mom used to go grocery shopping and she used to buy the boxes of cereals. We couldn't wait to open them, not to eat that, to get the toy in there. And back then it was different because they used to put the toy inside of the cereal. So you had to pour out the whole, you know, it wasn't like it was in its own film pot. No. And my mom used to say, Tu abriste tres cajas de cereal. You opened three boxes of cereal. Three! To take out a toy? Woo! And if we didn't close those boxes properly and that cereal got stale, mmm. Mm. Oh, we were going to get it. Now we don't. We do the opposite. And that's why our children are the way they are. Now, how does this relate to the church? Because the church has picked up the same attitude. Look at what 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12 says. It says, now that the sons of Eli were corrupt, they did not know the ways of the Lord. Now, it shows there... That there was a disconnect between the father and the children. How is it possible that he's a prophet? He's a priest. His daily occupation is to be in the temple. Ministering the people of God. And his children. Don't even know the Lord. It's the attitude of many. I'm here because. I came here because they invited me. I came here just to get it off my checklist. Or my due to list. And, and, and you forget that in one split second. In one split moment. Anything could happen to you that could change your life and alter it forever. Now God is trying to save you from you. That's how much he loves you. I was testifying to a friend at work about a situation that I encountered many years ago. And when I was testifying to him about that situation, his eyes were open like an owl. And he goes, wow. And I said, and I never forget that even in the midst of my ignorance and my rebellion, God was still there with me. Now, if you got away with it once, praise God, but don't try him. Many of you are calling people that you shouldn't be calling up. That God delivered you from those people. They were corrupted in every way. In every way possible. DM you. Doing all kinds of things to reach you. And you entertaining that. Let me tell you something. What's the story of the snake? There was a man in the corner. Ready to cross the street. All of a sudden he noticed that there was a serpent on the ground. The serpent happened to talk to him just like the serpent spoke to Eve. And the serpent said, hey man, can you pick me up and cross and bring me across the street? I don't want to get run over. Please do me that favor. The man said, you a snake, you going to bite me. He said, no, I promise I won't bite you. Just pick me up and, and bring me across the street. It took about two minutes to convince this man. He picked up the snake, crossed the snake safely to the other side. Of the street. As soon as he put, her in, uh, put the snake in the ground. The snake bit him. He goes ouch. Why would you do that? And the snake said. You knew I was a snake before you picked me up. There's people that you cannot change. And if you're not careful. Their wicked ways will rub onto you. And you will be a casualty. Of their sins. I don't hang out there anymore because I ain't got no business over there anymore. Or just like my daughter says, I ain't even supposed to be over here. Are you hearing me? So God is giving you time for you to get right with him. Now you might say, Pastor, that's not for me. But this might be for you. Maybe that's not your life. Maybe that's not what's going on right now. But how many of you actually got up this morning and thank God for this day? I'm, I'm, uh, come on. How, how many of you went to sleep desiring more of God and praying to God, God, I love you. I thank you for this day. Even though this day did not play out the way I wanted it to, but it was another day that you gave me. 
the ICU beds in America, 90% are filled, and you're not there. And you're not there. And you're not there. And you're not there. They said that the greatest treasures are found in cemeteries. And you're not there. And you're not there. People that die with their dreams in them. Songs that we will never hear, books that we will never read, stories that we will never hear about are in the cemetery. Life is very short. Like that dash between that tombstone, between your birthday and your death day. That's your timeline. That's what, you think that I have time to be proving myself to a bunch of snakes? I don't know what nationality that man was. But I'm going to tell you right now, he wasn't a Puerto Rican. Because the first thing we would have said is, hell no. <laughs> what? We scared of snakes. We make sure that snake is dead. little sense of humor, amen? God is good. Give him a round of applause. The prophet Eli failed to remove his sons, to discipline his sons. And here in America, we have forgotten about the sanctification and holiness of God. We continue to sin like there's no tomorrow, like there's no consequences to the poor choices that we make. We need to understand as believers that God has given us the opportunity to repent and turn from our wicked ways for our own sake, for our own salvation. It costs His Son, Jesus Christ, His whole life to be devoted and to be killed and to resurrect in 33 years of life so that we can walk in his abundance. He said, I came to give you life and more. And more what? More of it abundantly. If life doesn't make sense to you by now, you better check your heart. You better check your heart. It took me a while to get that, even as a Christian. Now I love life so much that I get up so early in the morning looking forward for everything. My wife is like, can you please give me a break? Can you just chill for one day and stay at home? I said, heck no. There's too much sun out there. There's too much to do. There's too much to conquer. How many of you love shopping? Just raise your hand. I promise this year I will call you up and we're going to hang out. Y'all like window shopping? Come on, raise your hand. Who like window shopping? I like, I love when, my wife hates it. She said, every time you take me to the store, every time you take me to the store, can you buy me something? I said, I bought you a cup of coffee on our way here. I put some gas on the car on our way here. But I enjoy life and everything that comes with it. I get along with everyone. I try my hardest to. Because there's some people out there, man, that can push your buttons. Especially when you're in New York City and it says right there, 55. And they're beeping the horn at 85. That's when you know you're on the other side. Thank God that city, people are exiting out that city. That way it could calm down. For real. I don't even give you time to just go over the pothole. You got to hit the pothole and some. Your car break down, they're beeping the horn. Monday, 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 Monday. I'm like, dang, man, for real? Like, don't you see? I don't have no tires. They got the nurse to tell you, pick up your car and keep walking. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, for real? Are you kidding me? Woo. Woo. Woo! That's the attitude. 
God bless New York. <laughs> Amen. So for the last couple of years, many churches have failed to address the real issues that are going on in the church. They have supplement education with entertainment. Our job is to educate you. Our job is not to entertain you. So if you're trying to change the layout here, the first thing I'm going to tell you is first you need to drop some money in the bucket. And then we got to see if that's even workable. But you ain't going to run this church. This church is run the way God wants it to be run. If you want to go to the other church where they got smoke, where they got TVs, where they got pastors and skinny jeans, you could go over there. Because their reality is going to become a nightmare pretty soon when people tap in to the word of God and realize that you are phony. God is going to deal with the house of Eli. It's in here. Sin is sin. People in the altar sinning, giving a license to other. Now the people were rebelling against God because of the behaviors of the children of Eli. Understand that you're a walking billboard. You are an open letter. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Meaning that once you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you need to understand that what He has given you shouldn't be taken lightly or for granted. Yes, you can have your moments. Yes, you can have your day. But it doesn't give you the right to stay in a state of mind where you think that everything is okay when it's not okay. Imagine me sitting up here, preaching the word of God, flexing, showing tattoos, muscles, and, and women lusting after me, and men, because we're in the 21st century, and then God is good, it's okay, go home with your sinful, lustful desires. No, God called me here to rebuke you the same way he rebuked at me. And it's my responsibility to lead you the right way, not your way. Are you hearing me? And many people, this message is, it's not a message that, that encourages them in, in, in the right state of mind. It actually makes them uh, rebel against God and say, you know what, I'm going to go to the next church. That's okay, that church is closing soon and we're going to still have these doors open. You'll be back. She'll be back. She'll love me in the morning. That's what he said. Amen. First of Peter chapter four, verse 17 says, for the time has come that the judgment of God begins with the house of God. And if that's the beginning at us, what shall be the end of those that don't obey the gospel of God? So before God deals with the world, I know many of you pray this religious prayer. I do, I who do judgment, Lord, to this let me tell you, before God does any kind of judgment, he starts with his people first. So don't pray for judgment. Because God operates in order. He's, he first checks us before he checks others. That's why you can't be going around using your authority to curse others. That's spiritual witchcraft. You have no authority. If people talk about you, let it be. Let it down la mano de Dios. Leave it in God's hands. If they betray you, leave it in God's hands. If they didn't acknowledge you, leave it in God's hands. Because God going to deal with them. But if you get in between trying to manipulate and twist God's hand, no, God doesn't work that way. He does it the way he wants to do it. And if that was the case, then you should have been cursed a long time ago because you did a lot of things. Uh, hello? I, I love it when people come to visit the church and they be like, that's Pastor Jose? Dag. For real? He was bad. And I'm like, do you have to remind me? I feel like a death sentence. Amen. Do not blame others. Uh, I mean, do not blame God for your poor choices. The choices that you make in life will be the consequences of tomorrow. Meaning that you can do something today. Think that you're going to get away with it. But some way, somehow, it will come to revisit you in the future. You remember when you were kids and you used to do all kinds of things and your mother used to yell at you and now the tables have turned. Now you got kids and now you're trying to figure out what your mother 
was trying to figure out about you. Yeah, we could change things. We can make history. But consequences will come, good or bad. Amen? Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 through 16 says very clearly, specifically in the first verse, it says, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. You choose. God doesn't force himself upon you. God will not violate his word either. You see, you could serve God or you could choose not to. But at the end of the day, he's going to get his way, whether you like that or not. But if God says to you to choose this day, life and good, what he's implying is that tomorrow will be destined by you. Not by him, by you. What tomorrow? Your tomorrow. Your reality. Your day. Not, not the reality of others. I know that many of us watch uh, uh, Lifetime TV shows and reality shows. And, and we wish we could be like those people. Let me tell you something. No, you don't. No, you don't. Privacy. You can't put a price on privacy. And the people that you admire, you have no idea how their life could be chaotic. Where there's others lurking behind the bushes. You know, I, 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 I could enjoy freely my backyard. Others can't. So I thank God for what I have. And I don't desire what others have. Because you might be desiring, man, that guy looks good. I wish my husband was like that. Man, that, that, that woman looked good. I wish my wife was like that. You don't know who they are when they're at home. They're crazy. When you go home with her and she takes off those eyelashes. Or when he goes to bed without taking a shower after work. See the people you're seeing. (laughs) Can you stop? God is so good. The people you see right now. They're the representatives. You'll get to know them when you live with them. Trust me. Trust me. You see me here. I was in all holy and rolly. My wife had to put me in check. She's like, how are you going to be a man or guy walking around with shirts full of hoes? Literally, I'll throw those things away. I'm going to burn them one day. Look at you with them nasty, ashy kneecaps. You need to put lotion on that. Look at your feet. I, I'm, I don't care what you say. I'm going to take you to a spa day. I don't know how they're going to cut them nails, but they're going to get them nails. Maybe they're going to use a, a, a and she, and I was like, dang, man, it's like that. She was like, yes, it's like that. I didn't meet you like that. And I don't want you like that. And I had to step up my game. The same attitude that we have about our private life is the same attitude that we have about God. We don't feel like we need to check in and go in and do things that God has called us to do. He's okay. God understands. No. Keep this in mind. It is time for you to repent. It is time for you to return. And it is time for you to be restored. Are you hearing me, church? Stop playing with God. That's the message for the church. Now, the message today for the world is this. The economy will collapse. Give or take, by 2028, China will take over the world currency. I believe that. I believe that. Now, that's going to be a sad day. Why? Because our dollars are going to be useless. It's going to take more dollars to purchase things. Just like what's going on in Venezuela. If you don't know, Google it. Why? Because this nation has forgotten about God. So get ready. Unless this nation repents and turns from their wicked ways, God can heal it. There's still time. COVID-19 will become the new normal. Period. Vaccine or no vaccine, it will become the normal. You will see this until kingdom come. 
Maybe in many places they might not authorize them to keep it on, but most people out of fear and panic will forever, especially this generation, will keep this on. Amen? Number three, many churches will close for good. I already spoke about that. And the churches that will remain open will become houses of refuge. A few months ago, we were collecting food. And God is so good that 16 families walked in through that door and received a box of food. This is a house of refuge. This is a house. If you want to donate to our pantry, you're more than welcome. See Pastor Millie. She will give you all the information. But we will serve our community. Are you hearing me? If God has given you, you have enough to give others. Stop being selfish. Amen? Just because you made it doesn't give you the right to justify yourself and condemn others. A piece of bread, you don't deny anyone. Or a glass of water. Amen? Russia, China, and Iran will unite against the United States of America and will turn powers into the eastern part of the world. Now, I know many of you might look at this and say, Pastor, you must be out of your mind. I don't see that happening. Let me tell you something. Every 400 years... There is a cycle that occurs. And this last Thanksgiving was 400 years since the original family that came in the Mayflower established this as part of the new world. It's been 400 years. And in the last 200 years, this nation has gotten into more debt than any other empire that ever existed prior to them. Okay? This nation has rewritten the books about laws that go against God. Like, for example, since 1970, if, if my mind doesn't fail me, there has been over 60 million abortions. The Bible says that God hates the shedding of innocent blood. The Bible says that. You have no right to take life. Now, pastor, you know, I, I was out and out and I wasn't thinking that I had an abortion. Ask God for forgiveness. Imagine if you were aborted. How would you feel? How would you feel? No, I'm not trying to get political or technical. I'm trying to get biblical. That's what the Bible says. That God hates. There's six things that God hates. And one of them is the shed of innocent blood. That also falls under the category of rape. When you innocently violate a young one. God going to judge that. America is filled of sexual predators. I have my daughter, I have my goddaughters, and I don't let nobody come around them. I'm like, yo, slick, you better slick yourself back, brother. Before I go inside the house and get the peace. Now, they don't know what peace I'm going to go get, but I'm going to go get a peace. It might be the phone, it might be something, they just might translate it as a gun, but it's not really a gun. It, it, you, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and we don't think that God's not going to judge that? Pastors that have raped young boys, especially in the Catholic Church, and, and, and think they're just going to get away with it by a lawsuit? No, God is going to judge you. You innocently violated a child, a woman, a man, whatever the case might be. That's not your place. And God will judge that. Wow. It's going to be a long, dark year for us. January 3rd, 2021. I'm saying it right now. Before we see the light at the end of the tunnel... 
as a nation is going to be a long time from now. But I want to remind you of seven things that God promises his people for you not to forget. The first thing that God promises you is that he will be with you. It don't matter how dark it gets, God is going to be with you. God is going to be with you. God is going to be with you. Come on. Give God a round of applause. God is going to be with you. Number two, God is going to protect you. Let me tell you something. That protection is better than all state. You don't even have to file a claim. He already filed it for you. God's going to protect you. Let me tell you something. You'd be surprised of all the things. There was a show that I used to watch years ago. It was called, uh, oh man, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But it had to do with the way people die. It was called um, Strange Ways People Die, something like that. A thousand ways, a thousand ways. A thousand ways people die, right? And, and, and some of them were like, they, 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 they were drunk and they fell down a set of stairs and, they, and at the bottom of the stairs they, they couldn't get up and they vomited and they choked on their own vomit. Some of them fell asleep inside of a refrigerator. Other, it was just crazy, right? But think about that. That's a reality. And God protected you. That could have been you. That could have been you. That could have been you. That could have been, been me. God will protect us. Number three, he will give us strength in the midst of it. You know that this whole COVID ha- broke out in March. And I've seen a lot of people in the faith like lose sight of who they are to the point that I say to myself, what happened? And in the midst of all of this, God has given us some supernatural strength. We kept it moving even though we were in the midst of it. Am I right? Can I get some witnesses? My wife went through what she went through, and then this, and then that, and then this, and then we had to uh, close down the church and only allow 10 people to come in. And let me tell you something, as a pastor, I'm worried because we still have to uh, comply with our, our monthly obligations, and people were just sending in their financial provisions. Am I right or wrong? We saw it. We were like, whoa. Like, God made a way. We didn't get desperate. We didn't get hungry. We didn't start prophesying. There's a lot of prophet liars that are going to get exposed this year. The Lord, the, 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 the Lord says that your name is. I don't care what my name is. If God needs to say sign to me, he doesn't need to remind me my name. He needs to remind me of something that I'm not aware of. And, and we fall for these False preachers. The Lord says tomorrow's Tuesday. Duh. It's on my phone. Tell me something. And they make God to be so little. But God from this altar has given words to people. And y'all have seen it fulfilled. So you know we don't play around. Amen. Wow. God is good. God is so good. Number four. God will answer us. On his timing. Number five, God will provide. Number six, God will give us peace. There is no peace like the peace that God gives. I'm going to tell you something. I'm a witness to God's peace. I have learned how to trust in God to the point when I'm like, chill, relax. It ain't that deep. You know, when people are stressing over things that you know ain't that deep. But they making it that deep and you're just chilling. It's, it's because you have come to a level of understanding that what's for you is for you. And what's not for you, it's not for you. Stop begging other people to bless you. Trust in God to be faithful to provide for you. Don't go around waiting for others to give you an answer. Let God give you an answer. Amen. And lastly, God's love will always be upon us. Now let us be on our feet if we're physically able. For those who are watching, thank you for tuning in this week. 
We're going to be speaking on a series called God Will Vindicate His Name. This series is to be played out during the weeks to come, speaking about what's coming and what's about to happen, not only for the state of the church, but also as a state in general. And God is speaking in more ways than one. So we encourage you to stay focused, to connect with us on all social media platforms at TRC413 or follow us on Facebook as well or log on to our website at www.resurrectionspringfield.org. And we encourage you to come down if you're physically able. We're located here on 1060 Worcester Street in the beautiful city of Springfield, Massachusetts in the section of Indian Nurture. God bless you all. Before we leave this house today, I'm going to make something very clear. Each and every one of you, God has provided. Don't cheat God. 